नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Translation To the clouds of destruction, King Indra said, The prosperity of these people has made them mad with pride, and their arrogance is backed up by Krishna. Now go and remove their pride and bring their animals to destruction. Before, it is clear from this verse that the residents of Vrindavan have become highly prosperous simply by protecting cows. Since Indra wanted to destroy their so-called pride based on wealth by killing their animals. Well-tended cows produce large quantities of milk, from which come cheese, butter, yogurt, ghee, and so on. These foods are delicious by themselves and also enhance other foods such as fruits, vegetables, and grains. Bread and vegetables are delicious with butter, and fruit is especially appetizing when mixed with or yogurt. Dairy products are always desirable in civilized society, and the surplus can be traded for many valuable commodities. Thus, simply by a basic dairy enterprise, residents of Vrindavan were wealthy, healthy, and happy, even in the material sense. And most of all, they were eternal associates of the Supreme Lord Krishna. Here, Indra said something correct. He said that the residents of Vrindavan are maddened. Sri Mother, they are maddened by wealth. Of course, Sri doesn't only mean wealth. Sri also means Lakshmi. The original Lakshmi is Shimati Radharani, who is the Queen of Vrindavan. Dr. Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavanishwari Rishabhani Sudevisi Pranamami we offer our respectful obeisances to Srimati Radharani, whose form is golden, just like melted, molten gold, who is the queen of Vrindavan, who is the daughter of King Vrishabhanu, and Apart from all these things, within 
the very quality that makes her worshipable even by Hari is that she is Hari Priya. That's a well-known name in South India, Hari Priya. That's mostly said for Lakshmi. But the original Lakshmi is Srimati Dantarani. So she's also known as Hari Priya. She's very dear to Lord Sri Hari. So much so that although Hari Priya Lakshmi, she is the subservient wife of Narayana in Vaikuntha. But Radha Rani in Vrindavan is Vrindavaneshwari. This is a well-known name for Radha Rani, the queen of Vrindavan. We don't hear the name Vrindavaneshwar for Krishna. We hear the name Rajapati Nanda, which means that he's the, or Rajaraja Nanda. He is the son of the king of Vrindavan, namely Nanda Maharaj. But Krishna is not personally known as Vrindavaneshwar because there is an Ishwari, Srimati Radharani. So the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they are maddened by Radha and Krishna. This is their wealth. Their wealth is there, it's said that Pashun, their animals, are the cause of their wealth. But in Vrindavan, everyone sees the, their actual wealth is Krishna, Radha and Krishna. That is actually seen that when Krishna apparently left Vrindavan, then the Rajavasis, they were practically dead. That is one of the symptoms of highly advanced devotee in their different gonarati. Uh, apart from the five Harikshana. Apart from the five Mukhyarati, Shanta Dasya. Sakya, Bhaktsaurya, Madhurya, there's also Gunaraji, Asya, Joking Ecstasy, Adhuta, Amazement. So one of them is also Riti, Death. That a devotee, out of strong feeling for Krishna, sometimes feels dead. Not actually dead, but almost dead showing very little sign of life, just like there are many instances. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he entered the temple of Jagannath, he fell down as if dead. It seemed as if he was almost dead, but then he was brought to Sadhguru Bhattacharya's house. He put a swab of cotton by his nose and they could see there's a slight movement. The breath is just moving. Otherwise, almost dead in ecstasy. So that was the symptom of the inhabitants of Vrindavan after Krishna left. They're almost dead. Or other symptoms, sleeplessness. He couldn't sleep because they were constantly crying. So if, they're, if, they're, if you want to wake someone up, 
throw water. So water was constantly coming from their eyes. So there's no question of sleeping. So there when we hear these descriptions it sounds almost fantastic, unbelievable. It is by material standards. It's far, far beyond the Aishvaya Yukta Vaikuntha Bhav the feelings of the Vaikuntha Vasis who are worshipping Lakshmi Narayana with great awe and reverence. But the specific symptom of Vrindavan is that everyone in Vrindavan loves Krishna more than their life, more than their own life. The proof is that they, they practically died when Krishna left. And the only reason they didn't completely die because they were hoping Krishna would, Krishna said he would come back. So just on the hope that Krishna would come back, they were somehow remaining alive, although it was a, like a great torture, every moment seeming like 12 years or more in pain. Of course, that pain is also the greatest ecstasy. The gopis, they also quoted Pingala on that. Nairasha Paramasuka, disappointment is the greatest happiness. So they were feeling great disappointment, but by that disappointment of Krishna not being present, they were actually more close to him. They were feeling so much for Krishna. So they were maddened by their so there are so many examples. Krishna himself was also overcome by the madness of love for his devotees. So sometimes he would out of madness he would try to milk a bull. And the gopis are thinking, oh, we have to go on with our household duties, never mind this love of Krishna. So okay, let's churn the butter churn the yogurt and make butter, but they were churning on the water. There was nothing there. So, but they were thinking, they were mad, mad in love of Krishna. So Indra said something correct here. Although, otherwise, whatever else he's saying is just uh, complete nonsense. He's saying stambha, false pride. But he was saying that the Vajramasis, they're overcome by false pride. But actually it was he who was overcome by false pride. Therefore he was talking such nonsense and performing such abominable activities. Of course we're very thankful to Indra for being in such maya. Because if he hadn't been such a nonsense, then we wouldn't have had this Govardhan Lila. So it's all part of his, it's all part of Krishna's plan. Yogamaya Shakti is governing all the activities of Vrindavan, but it's not all the activities. Even you see that so many demons are coming and attacking in Vrindavan. But it's not that when these demons like Makasura, Akasura, Putana, they're all members of one family, quite a family. I hope you don't get children like that. So, they were all coming and attacking Krishna and Vrindavan. So that all enhanced Krishna's pastimes because when great demons came, then uh, 
that the Rajabhasis, anyway they were completely in love for Krishna, but they're taking, they took shelter of Krishna. Oh, what shall we do? This great demon has come. Our only hope is Krishna. So that, even though their love for Krishna was unlimited, it was still heightened by the appearance of the demon. So they were also playing a role in Krishna's Leela. But it wasn't that they were pure devotees. They were all demons. They were in Maya, ordinary, the same Maya that we are in. In Mahamaya, external energy. But Mahamaya is, after all, an expansion of Yoga Maya. So that was all being orchestrated by Yoga Maya Shakti. Now, Indra, he's not a demon. He's a devata, Sakam Bhakta. But he uh, has some material desires which are basically demonic. Material desires are basically demonic. So, when his material desires manifested, then he appeared to act as a demon. He wasn't acting as a devotee. But he was acting in a very wrong way, or his attitude was very wrong. And that he wanted to, I mean, even the demons, they only came to kill Krishna. But he, he came and he wanted to kill Krishna and the cows and the Vajabhasis and completely destroy Vindavan. He was more ambitious than the demons. Even Kamsa wasn't trying to do that. So he was acting in actually a very wrong way. But just as the appearance of the demons, they served to show Krishna's greatness. If there hadn't been Hiranyakashipu, then who would have known the greatness of Nrsimha? All the different demigods together couldn't do anything about Hiranyakashipu, but Nrsimha, they very easily spoiled all his plans. Just like a wasp, it's crushed between the fingers. So, Dalita Hiranyakashipu Tanubhinyo. He was crushed by the hands, Tabakarakamala, of the lotus hands of Lord Nishimadev. So, of course, Lord Nishimadev's glories are much, much more than that he can kill Hiranyakashipu. He can kill millions of Hiranyakashipu. Of course, there are millions of Hiranyakashipu. Such demons. Such great demons are not very common that even the demigods combined can't deal with them. But he shows his potent he shows his potency appropriately for the situation. Just like the Krishna to lift over down the hill is not a very big thing. Krishna is holding millions of universes and he doesn't even feel it. So it's not a very big it's not a very difficult thing for Krishna to lift Giri Govardhan. But it shows his superiority. It demonstrates that he's God. Nowadays, if anyone wants to come and call them God, we'll say, first you lift one hill. Then we'll think about calling you God. Krishna can lift many, many hills. It shows his superiority. Of course, the Rajavasis, they didn't think that Krishna is superior because they're all the coward boys are always fighting with Krishna. Sometimes Krishna is defeated in the fight. They're, they're all young boys playing together. So
So they told Krishna that, you know, you're holding this hill for such a long time. You must be tired now. Why don't you let one of us hold it? Because they thought, if Krishna is holding, then we can also hold. So when Krishna, the time had come to put down the hill, he said, okay, now you just all help me while we're putting it down, all you cover for it. He said, okay. So then they all held the hill. And Krishna transferred a little of the weight of the hill to them, and they all fell down, crushed. <laughs> and said, uh, Krishna, okay, go away, I'll put it down myself. So they were thinking themselves equal. But they weren't. Krishna, after all, he's always Krishna. Even if he's sucking the breast of Mother Yashoda, even if Mother Yashoda ties him up, he's always Krishna. He's always the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Although he doesn't always show himself as such. That's why, even Brahma, who's the wisest Yani, he is the beginning demigod of all the universe. He's supposed to be very wise and very intelligent. He has four heads and every brain in them is very good. He's not a fool. He doesn't have to study at IIT. He has enough brain, four brains, each one of them much better than Einstein. But still he's bewildered by seeing Krishna in his Raja Lila. Just goes to show, that Krishna cannot be understood by words or by brain power. Krishna can only be understood by pure devotion. So Krishna is always Krishna. He's always the supreme personality of Godhead. He's always supremely powerful. But when he, ex- especially when he exhibits his Raja Lila then even Greek demigods are bewildered. Brahma was bewildered. Who is this little boy? My father is Narayana. He's very great and powerful. He's very honorable. All the great devas like myself, Yam Brahma, Varanendra, Rudra, Maruta, Stun, Varuti, Nityayastavaya, Vedai Sangha Kalapanishado Gayanti Yam Samadaha Tana Vastita Tattate Namanasa Pashyanti Yam Yogino Yajyanta Nadimu Surasana Devaya So all the great demigods, they worship, they are offering respects, they are offering prayers to Narayana. All the Vedas, especially the Upanishads, all the very highest grade sections of the Vedas, they are simply glorifying Narayana. The yogis undergo great austerities to see him in their meditational trance. And even greatly intelligent demigods, demons, Einsteins, this, that, and the others, they cannot find what are the end of the glories of Narayana. So this is the Narayana, who Brahma knows as his father, and he's playing in Vrindavan. 
as a caliph, or he doesn't wear any shoes. He's taking out some cows. Taking out cows? Okay, cows are, after all, cows are worshipable, but that's for the Vaishyas. That's very, not very high class. Brahma, you see, he was having some caste consciousness. He's the first Brahmana. So he's thinking, I'm a Brahmana, and now who's this Krishna? How can he be my father? He's a, he's a Vaishya. I'm a highly respectable Brahmana. I can't accept he's my father. Running around with some cows and barefoot. People are stealing his lunchbox. Even there, when they're eating, they give. In the middle of eating, they say, Hey, this is very nice. Why don't you try it, Krishna? Well, that's not what you see. Brahmanas, they wouldn't do that. They're more high class. You know, you don't give someone's food. How do you give your food to God? So, he was in Maya, he was thinking that, well, Krishna is the Narayana. He's not God. Similarly, Indra was thinking, what is this? Krishna? He's telling, he's just a little boy. Telling his father not to worship me, he became bewildered, not knowing that Krishna is, after all, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He has unlimited opulences. But those who don't know that his topmost opulence is his Madhurya, his sweet pastimes, and they take him to be inferior to Narayana. Krishna has four particular opulences which even Narayana doesn't have. It's Venu Madhu. He has a flute, a bamboo flute. He said, well, well, Narayana is sitting in a gold throne with so many jewels and so many people offering him prayers you're saying that Krishna has a special opulence, a, a bamboo flute. Well, so what? What does it matter that he's got a bamboo flute? Narayan has a golden throne with so many jewels. And he's worshipped in full opulence. And you're saying that Krishna has got something which Narayan doesn't have, a bamboo flute. Of course he has gold flutes also. He has various flutes. But his favorite flute is a bamboo flute. Hmm. So who can understand? The Prajavasis, they can understand. The Gopis, they can understand. Sometimes they curse the flute. And sometimes they praise the flute. They curse the flute. They're unhappy. But you see, we want to kiss Krishna's lips. We can't do it. But the flute is always on Krishna's lips more fortunate than us. So they're praising the flute and cursing it also. And why you're always bewildering us and forcing us to do things which is not acceptable. When we hear the flute, we have to run away from our home and no one likes it. Our husbands, brothers, brothers-in-law, mothers-in-law, sisters-in-law, everyone doesn't like it. We are forced by the flute 
So actually the flute is more powerful than the Ganda of Narayana or the Chakra of Narayana because the flute of Krishna that can captivate the minds of the gopis. And Narayana, he can't. Narayana, that's another of Krishna's opulences, is surrounded by loving devotees, especially this being the gopis. So Narayana, he can't attract them. He has no jurisdiction over the gopis. When Krishna was hiding from the gopis, they were searching for him, they were going through the whole forest up and down and looking for Where is Krishna? So they came where Krishna was hiding in the forest. So Krishna thought, now I'll play a joke with them. So he manifested two more arms showing Vishnu Murti. So the gopis came and they said, Look, it's Narayana, Om Namo Narayana. Dear Narayana, please tell us, where is Krishna? They offered respectful obeisances to Narayana, but they weren't interested very much. They were thinking, where is Krishna? He did not, the Narayan form did not invoke in them the same feelings as did the Muralita, Venudhari, Sri Krishna, holding a flute in two hands. So, Prem Mahapuri, Lila Mahapuri, Krishna's pastimes, they're very wonderful, more so than that of Narayana. Narayana, he doesn't steal butter. He's very honorable and respectable. He's not running into other people's homes and stealing butter. Krishna is doing it. It seems that's not very good. Krishna is doing it. It is very good. But those who are simply on the platform of worshipping God in awe and reverence, they also like these customs. But they can't appreciate them to their full extent because they think that such pastimes, they are just like some quirk or some idiosyncrasy. They don't recognize that this is actually God in his original form. This is the ultimate. Kasmin vigyate sadametam vigyatam Kasmin no bhagavo vigyatam evam vigyatam bhagavati. That question comes at the beginning of the Mundakam Upanishad. What is there to be known by knowing which nothing more will, nothing more remains to be known? What is the ultimate truth? So the answer is Brahma. That's a vague answer. Means the absolute truth. But what is the last word in the absolute truth? The last phase of the absolute truth. Beyond which there is nothing that is Krishna. Stealing butter, stealing the gopis' garments, dancing with the gopis, kissing the gopis. This is the ultimate. Very difficult to understand. Because we think, well, that's here in this material world. What is that? You can go to any movie and you'll see that it's something like that. But, therefore, to understand Krishna is very confidential. It's given here. Tenth Canto of Bhagavatam, which is the quintessence 
of all Vedic knowledge. Srimad Bhagavatam, Saram Saram Udhatatam. This is the essence of the essence of Vedic knowledge. We have the Upanishads, we have the Vedanta, the end of Vedic knowledge. When you go to the end, you still have to go a little further. There's the end, but having, just like the end of the journey, you come to the, you come to a palace, or you come, you're going to a city, you still have to enter into the city. And within the city there is the, the palace, and, the, and within the palace there is still the internal quarters. So those who recognize the impersonal Brahman, it's just like we are going on a journey, we are going to Karnataka. Okay, so you, you cross over the border. We have reached Karnataka. But still, to make the journey complete, you have to go to the capital. So you can enter into Brahma, Brahma Jyoti. But still, you have. You have to enter Vaikuntha Loka. Then in Vaikuntha, even above, there's Golo. It's just like you go to Bangalore, then you go to the governor's palace. And in the governor's palace, there's all Dundam, there's all trumpets and all this kind of thing. But of course, the governor is probably not a very interesting person like Krishna, but we're just giving an example. Still, the, beyond all the pomp of the palace, there's the internal quarters where the governor lives and does very boring things like people in this material world do. But Krishna, beyond Vaikuntha, there is Kalokvindavan. So that's the internal quarters. This is a peek into the internal pastimes of the supreme, lovable, absolute truth. Krishna is performing his pastimes in Vrindavan. So it's not just that Krishna's pastimes are a, it's a, an idiosyncrasy of Narayana. When Narayana is sometimes in a playful mood, then he performs pastimes as Krishna. No. The Supreme Absolute Truth is playful. Beautiful mouth you have. The Supreme Absolute Truth is, by nature, playful, joyful, full of bliss. Anandamaya Bhyasa. The Absolute Truth is full of bliss. Satyadanandamaya. So that bliss, the bliss of Narayana, superseded many, many, many billions of times by Krishna in Vrindavan. Simply joyful. Even rain, storm, some Bharataka cloud sent by Indra, angry Indra. Can you imagine Indra's angry at you? What would happen? Who's the uh, chief minister here now? Karuna Reddy, isn't just the next time must be Jalalatan. This will be changed. One time in, one time out. So, can you imagine if Karuna Nidhi was angry at you? It would be a very fearful situation, wouldn't it? He 
if he decided he wanted to finish you, you'd be finished, isn't it? You'd be afraid. So can you imagine what it would be like if Indra is angry at you? Indra is much more powerful than Kurunadi. Don't tell Kurunadi. He might get angry at him. But actually it's a fact. Indra is many, 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 many times more powerful than Karuna did. So if he's angry at you, it's a very fearful situation. You can see what he did. But for Krishna, it's all play. Oh, Indra's angry. God, let's have some fun. <laughs> Krishna was thinking when Indra first started to send the rain, he was thinking, well, shall I destroy Indra? And he thought, why should I bother? He's so insignificant. Why should I bother? He's just Indra, that's all. Indra? So it's some fun for Krishna. Actually, Giriraj, Govardhan Lila, was a very wonderful Lila in which Krishna exhibited all the different rasas at the same time. All the inhabitants of Vrindavan were all together. And it was a good excuse, the gopis, they, they were always trying to make some excuse, or not excuse, but some trick how to be with Krishna. But the seven, they were very happy. Oh, Indra is so nice. He made an arrangement. We can simply look at Krishna all day and night for seven days. How nice is Indra. Thank you very much, Indra. So these are Krishna's wonderful pastimes. Hare yeah, we like Krishna, but not too much. Yes, yes, you worship Krishna, but just enough, not too much. <laughs> 